Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Well, it's an honor to be here, be back with you. Um, I, I preached like a couple of weeks ago on Father's Day. I don't know how many of you were here then, but Anthony basically said I bombed. So he's giving me another chance to make, redeem myself. So it's really good to be here with you guys. I love my church. I really do, man. I love my church. I love uh, each one of you guys. I know a lot of you, some of you I don't know, but it's just really good to be here. And I learned this week what makes a really good sermon. Have a, you know, really kind of a short, really short intro, kind of a short ending and then not much in between. So, you know, get us out early, but uh, you listen fast, we'll preach fast, and we'll get there. How about that? I want to start off, if you have your Bibles today, man, turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 45. This is a very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, I'm sure most all of you have read this. All of you have probably studied it before, but uh, Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 45. Put that on the screen there, yeah. I'm going to read it right off the screen. It says, immediately he made his disciples, this is Jesus, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was on the land, alone on the land. He saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was contrary or against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he, became, uh, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and they cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, desire, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood or considered the miracle of the loaves because their heart was hardened. I've read this this week in about 17 different translations, and that's why I added so many words. So there you go. But, um, you know, when I was thinking about speaking, this is a true story. When I was thinking about speaking this morning, I was thinking, you know, God, what do you, what do you want me to speak on? He's like, I want you to talk about hard hearts. I'm like, God, listen, this is a brand new church. Everybody's fresh here. Everybody's, you know, they've, they've been going to church here for a while now. Everybody's really into it. You can tell that they are. And and, you know, everybody got up this morning, probably two or three o'clock in the morning and was starting to read in their Bible. And most of these folks have fasted the last couple of days. So why in the world am I speaking on hard hearts? But you know what? He, uh, he, this is what he said. He said, might, might as well go ahead and speak on it. And then it's, yeah, you can preach to yourself and then they can listen in. So that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to preach to myself and you guys can just listen in. When I think about hard hearts, I got to be honest with you. I don't, I think about like evil people. You know what I'm saying? I think about wicked people. I think about people that don't really have a whole lot of conscience. Um, I think about uh, maybe atheists or agnostics or people like that. Uh, and I even think about maybe somebody like Marilyn Manson who used to have concerts and he would rip the Bibles up and throw them out in the, you know, in the audience or whatever. And that to me is a little weird, a little scary. So I think about people like that. I also think about people like Madeline Mary O'Hara who was uh, instrumental in taking prayer out of schools. And when I think about hard hearts, man, I think about somebody like that. That's kind of scary. But when I read this right here, it just said, I read where the disciples, the Bible says the disciples were, their hearts had become hardened. And I was like, hmm, how in the world can their hearts become hardened? Now, these were people, they're disciples, of course, Jesus' disciples. I mean, they walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They hung out with Jesus. If you were to look at them, they were like, hey, those guys are with Jesus. I mean, why in the world would their hearts be hardened? 
And if their hearts can become hardened, hmm, what about my heart? Can it become hardened? What about your heart? Can it become hardened? Can it become got calloused? And I thought, well, if their hearts can become hardened, I wonder why in the world their hearts can become hardened. So what I started doing is kind of reading some of this scripture, and I started reading this chapter six here of Mark. And I want you to read with me uh, the first little part right here, and I think I figured out maybe one reason why their hearts have become hardened. You want to put that up there right quick, the, the chapter six? Or maybe I'll just step over here and read it from my Bible right now since uh, they fell asleep back there. Anyhow, uh, chapter, chapter 6, verse 7 of this same, same book here, Mark, it says this. And he called the 12, of him, uh, 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And then verse 12 and 13 says, so they went and preached that, that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed people with oil who were sick and healed them. So obviously Jesus had, listen, get the picture. He had, he had, he had called these 12 uh, disciples together and he sent them out to do all this work. Sent them out, man, they were uh, sent out to, to, he, to heal people and to preach and, and to teach people and this and that. So obviously they had become very busy. And I thought, well, maybe they're busy, so maybe that's one reason why their hearts have become hardened. Anybody in here ever become busy? Anybody ever get busy? Seriously, man, you're busy. I mean, you have schoolwork. You have, you have work just in itself. You have all kinds of things that you're doing. You have housework. You have yard work. I mean, you're busy with your kids. You're busy with their hobbies and your hobby, hobbies, and you're, you're, you're always busy. You're busy doing things, and sometimes you can even be busy doing your honey-do list. Anybody ever have a honey-do list? I know I have one at your house. But, and, and here's the thing about a honey-do list. I used to could just like wad them up and throw them away. Now she texts them to me. And if I erase them, she texts them to me again. So I can't get rid of them. But, I, you know, you can become busy. And sometimes I think becoming busy makes your heart become hardened. It kind of distances you from the, from the Lord and his work. Now, here's the thing. You can even become really, really busy in doing God's work. If Anthony don't watch out, if Beasley don't watch out, if Zach and all the other guys, David and them, they don't watch out and all the girls work here, if they don't watch out, they can become too busy serving, too busy doing this and this and this and being a shepherd and doing all these things that they become so busy uh, with the Lord and, 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 and working for him that they forget to walk with him. And that's huge. So I think maybe... Maybe they had become busy, and maybe that's one reason why their hearts become hardened, but I, I really don't think that's it. So I looked a little bit farther on down through here, and I looked in verse 30 of chapter 6, and it says this, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had, uh, had taught. And he said to them, Come aside yourselves to a de deserted place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So not only were they busy, but they, obviously they were also tired. I mean, contrary to what a lot of people, a lot of people believe, just because they were in one accord doesn't mean they had a Honda to drive around everywhere they were going. So you know, they were they didn't have, they, they they walked everywhere they went. They didn't have a donkey to ride. They walked everywhere they went. So obviously, going from city to city and place to place and, and ministering and, and struggle, they were tired. They were busy, and they, well, they were tired. Any guys ever get tired? Seriously, you're tired with your schoolwork, you're tired with, with your job, some of you work long hours and you're tired and so, you know, you get home and, and you know, sometimes you just want to flop down on the couch or whatever and you, 
you know, you're too tired maybe to read scripture and maybe to even pray with your wife or pray with your kids. Sometimes we just get tired and sometimes I think that can make our hearts become hard. Now listen, I want to read just a little farther. I, I, let me say this first. I, I, I don't know if all of you know that I, I, I sing Christian music for a living. That's what I do. And, and years ago, um, when my dad was still alive, he came up to visit. And I was at Dollywood one day. I went into work there and, and uh, we, we uh, were singing there. And uh, I, I came home and I was, I was exhausted from working all day. We're singing all day. And so I got home and seriously, I laid down, I just laid down on the couch. And I was like, I'm, I'm wore out. And my dad was, was up visiting. He's like, what's wrong, son? I said, well, man, I'm just, I'm wore out, daddy. He said, from what? I said, man, I had a hard day of singing. <laughs> and he just shook his head. He's like, son, when I was your age, and here we went with this big, long spill. When I was your age, I walked up, you know, hill both ways to school and in the snow and all that stuff. You know what, you know, worked 12 hours a day for 50 cents. I mean, it's one of those things. It's just, you know, I just heard it over and over and over. But he, he goes, it goes on to read here. I want you to read in verse 35 and 36 with me as well. It, it goes on to say, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, already the hour is late. Send them away. Send all the folks away. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding countries and villages and buy them themselves some bread, for they have nothing to eat. Now, it says that they, they, wanted, they wanted to send the folks away because they were, you know, they were, they were hungry. They just needed to go eat somewhere. I think they were just tired of the folks. I mean, I think they were just tired of people. Do you ever get tired of people? Seriously, some of you, some of you work in businesses where you just get tired of folks. I mean, yeah, not any of you, but we get, you know, you just get tired of people. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then, man, it's just people can wear you out. And look, I'm a talker. I love to talk. There is some people that can absolutely out-talk me. I'm telling you, man, you just like, hey, you can't ask them how they're doing. You know why? They'll tell you for the next half a day. I mean, it's amazing. You want to be concerned, but, you know, it's, the way it, it's just the way it is. People sometimes, they just like to talk, and, and they'll wear you out. But listen, let me just say this. The disciples were tired, and they were busy. And I think that may be two reasons why their hearts become hardened, but I don't think that was the real reason. I want you to pay attention right here in verse 52. Let's go back to 52 right here, and let's see what it says. For they had not understood, or they didn't consider about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. They didn't consider the miracle that just happened just a few verses before this. Remember the story where Jesus fed the 5,000 men, women and children, probably 15 to 20,000 people. He fed them all with five loaves and two fishes. Remember that? The disciples were right in the middle of that miracle. The disciples were actually the ones who found the little boy with a little pack of lunch, a little lunch there. The disciples were probably the one was sitting there with Jesus when Jesus broke the bread and blessed it and started passing it out. The crowd didn't, the miracle wasn't for the crowd. They had no idea what they started with. The disciples, the miracle was for the disciples to build their faith. Know how I know that? Guess how many baskets of leftovers they took up on this deal? Twelve. One for each disciple. They knew what they started with, a little boy's lunch, and they ended up with 12 baskets of fragments. If you go back to chapter 5, you'll see where Jesus, and, and they had just seen this miracle. If you go back to chapter 5, you'll see where Jesus took a man named Legion, 
He was crazy running through the tombs naked. Verse 15 of chapter 5 says, Jesus had him clothed and sitting in his right mind. They seen that. A little bit farther, you'll, see, you'll read where a lady had an issue of blood. She had, she had spent all that she had on doctors. She had tried everything that she try, could try. And yet, Jesus, when she touched the hem of his garment, she was immediately made whole. They seen that. They witnessed it. And yet, their hearts were still hardened. They had just seen Jesus raise a little 12-year-old girl that was, was dead. They had just seen him raise her from the, from the dead, make her alive again. And yet, their hearts were still hardened. One commentator, one commentator said this, they, they saw it, but they didn't see it. You understand what I'm saying? They saw it, but they didn't see it. They saw it, but they didn't consider it. They saw it, but they didn't let it absorb into their mind. Hmm, they saw it, but they didn't see it. And so when I started reading this and studying, I thought, man, hmm, I remember Back in the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 4, where Joshua, you'll, you'll probably remember this story, but Joshua uh, was, was, they were headed up to the, to, the, to, the, to the river there, to the Jordan River, and they had no way of getting across until the Lord parted the river, and they walked across, the Bible says, on dry land. It was a miracle, nothing short of a miracle. And so what did Joshua do? Remember he took, he said, I want you to pick out 12 guys, 12 dudes from each tribe, pick them out, and I want them to take one stone apiece out of the bed of that river, and I want them to stack them up tonight, wherever they get to. I want them to stack those stones up, and what we're going to do is we're going to stack those stones up, and every time somebody asks what those stones represent, Joshua said, we're going to tell them that, hey, you'll never, you'll never guess what God did for us here at the Jordan River when he parted the river. Those stones will be a remembrance of what God has done for us. And when we look at those stones, we're going to say, hey, kids, listen, look what God did for us. Hey, grandkids, listen, look what God did for us in our life. And generation after generation after generation will know that God worked this miracle for us today. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've stacked up a few stones in my own life. And I, I, I want to just kind of illustrate this that, I've stacked up a few stones. I, listen, I know all you guys that are married, all your marriages are perfect. You ain't got no problems. One of you's a unicorn, one of you's a rainbow. Y'all get along great. Y'all never have a problem. Y'all never have a, you know, you don't ever have a, even a heated discussion. You, everybody just gets along great at your house. I mean, it's wonderful. It's, it's awesome. But listen, let me just say this. I'm not always easy to get along with. I have my moments. You wanna hear another secret? You do too. You do too, I can see the elbows flying. Yeah, I don't know, you had one this morning, but seriously. Man, I'm telling you, I'm stacking stones up at my house because my wife and I have been married 33 years and we don't always see eye to eye. We don't always, uh, we don't always get along in, uh, perfectly, but I'm telling you what, man, I have seen God work in our marriage time and time and time again, and there's times that I wanted maybe to leave, and there's several times I'm sure that she wanted to leave, but God, but God, but God, but God showed up. <laughs> 
showed out. Here we are, 33 years later. Still look beautiful, baby. Love you. It's all my fault. I know that don't look like a stone, but it's as close as I can get because that's all I can pick up. It's a cardboard box. And by the way, it's empty. I don't know about how you guys with all the kids out there, I don't know if you've ever had any stones you could stack up with your kids and how many miracles you've ever had with your kids, but I could share a few. My little boy up here leading music Little girl that married Anthony, bless her heart. <laughs> Me and my wife have prayed for our kids, and we've seen miracle after miracle happen in their life. I'm just being honest with you, man. We've seen sickness. We've seen them go to bed sick, pray for them, and then the very next morning, man, it, it's over. Whatever they have is gone. It's amazing. But I want to share just one little story that Anthony shared about Aaron. Uh, I don't know, it was a, maybe a couple months ago or whatever. But listen, when, when, uh, when, when Aaron and Anthony told us they were pregnant, we went immediately and bought suitcases to travel with, okay? Because we're here, there in Charlotte. I mean, that night. Like 15 minutes later, we, we're, we're ready to go, okay? Like we went to Walmart and bought a little short, you know, toothpaste and short, you know, toothbrush and all this stuff to travel. You know, we, we, we wanted to be ready just in case it came, you know, within the next day or two. So we ended up having to wait nine months. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? But anyhow, we waited nine months and we were laying in bed one morning and, and sure enough, we got the phone call, the phone call. And man, I'm telling you, we didn't, we didn't just get up out of bed. We went from this position to this position. It was immediate like that. And, and so we... We, we got in the car and we drove, it's like four hours to Charlotte. We got there in like two, it's, I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, we just, because we were going to be the, we were going to be, we're, we were going to be the greatest grandparents ever. We had talked about it. Seriously, we, we, we talked about it. We were going to, we were going to be like, we were like, we seen, oh, you're, you're doing okay, but listen, we're going to be better. I mean, you know, yeah, you're all right, but we're going to be, we're going to be the best. I mean, that's what we had thought in our mind, and we made that, and we still strive, but you know, it's we kind of blow that out of the water. But anyhow, we do what we can, and we we got there, and man, it, you know, you you have to hurry up and then wait. So we got there, and then of course, you know, Aaron took a little time. It's like four or something, I think, that evening, maybe when Avery was born, it was our first little grandbaby. Avery was being born, and everything went incredible. It was awesome, man. You know, they have these, the rooms where uh, Dana had, you know, Dana was on one side of Aaron, and Anthony was on the other side of the air, and then they have the, the curtain or whatever pulled, and I was kind of out here just kind of hanging out. And Avery was born. I'm telling you guys, as a grandparent, whew, she was like the, the cutest little, sweetest little thing ever. You know what I'm talking about. If you're, if you're not a grandparent, hurry up and get there. Seriously, it's the great, greatest season of your life. But she was going to be the greatest, and she, she still is. She's still incredible, beautiful, and whatnot. She was, she was born, she was perfect. And we thought, wow, this is the greatest thing. But then they started having complications with Aaron. And so they actually asked me to leave the room, and so I went out of the hallway and nurses begin running back and forth, and doctors begin coming in and out, and, 
And I don't know, they might have had three or four doctors. They, they couldn't stop the bleeding. And it was, it, she ended up losing like five pints of blood. And right before surgery, right before surgery, Aaron was on, or Diane was on one side, Anthony was on the other side, and they were praying, man. And, in, and in Aaron was praying as well. She was praying with all she had. And, and right before taking her to surgery, the bleeding stopped. Listen. The doctor said, we got the bleeding stopped, Aaron. And Aaron said, thank you, doctor. Doctor said, listen, no need to thank me. I had nothing to do with it. It was the one you were praying to. Thank him. Thank him. You know what I did, Earl? I stacked up another stone. So one of these days, I can look back. I can go, you know what? There's another stacked up stone. Just another example of God's goodness and his grace towards me and my sweet kids. Ah. So then, I don't know how many of you have a family. You got a dad and a mom. You've had one at one time, I know. But I have some sweet sisters, three sisters and a brother. I can tell you story after story after things that's happened with them, man. And my, but just to share an example, last, last year, my sister, uh, Paula, she went into the, to the, to the doctor and uh, she was having a little bit of problems and they said, listen, man, your heart's just not, it's just not working like it should. It's down to like 20%. I think the normal's like 55% and yours is down to 20%. And listen, there's nothing that you can do for it. You can't eat different. You can't exercise. There's nothing that you can do to help your heart. Well, Paula goes home. She gets on a diet trying to eat better, you know, cuts out a little salt and doing this and that, you know. But here's the big thing. She asked all of her family and all of her friends to pray for her. We started praying for her maybe back, I don't know, last year sometime. And I'm telling you, man, about three minutes later, she went back to the doctor and they checked her again. And it was from 20, went from 20% to 41%. Now listen, guys, the doctor, the doctor said, I don't even understand it myself. Normally exercise doesn't help. Normally, normally um, change of diet doesn't help. Listen, you know what? I don't really know that it helped then. I know what helped. And it was the power of prayer. I know what helped. God reached down and touched her. Look, you can, we can call it coincidence. We can call it luck. We can call it whatever you want to call it. I am choose to call it a miracle. So that's why I just stack it up over here and say, look, God, you did it then. You can do it again for me. Stacked up stones over and over and over in my life. I don't know about you. I have a few friends that I could share story after story after story as well. Maybe you don't have any friends. If not, we'll get together and talk after this is over with. I could share stories about my friends that how God has moved in their life. Look, here's a good one. I don't know if God's ever moved in your finances or not. Listen, Dane and I, we've been so broke, we couldn't even pay attention. And I, I, I'm not joking, I mean it. 
Man, I told this story earlier, but this is a true story. In Alabama, we lived down there, which is a great place to live, by the way. Anyhow, um, when we were living in Alabama, man, we were so broke. Our, our, our refrigerator, I remember going to, we, <laughs> we still remember this, we went to the refrigerator to get something out to eat. Seriously, the only thing in our refrigerator, I mean, we didn't have, I mean, I'm talking about, it looked brand new, there was nothing in there. The only thing we had in there was pepperonis. We didn't have no crackers to eat with them. You know what I'm talking about? Just pepperonis. You know what we ate for dinner? Pepperonis. And that was it. And I'm telling you, man, God's been faithful. I ain't rich by no means, but we, can, we got, I mean, hopefully we go out and eat today and she'll buy, but we're going to go somewhere and, and have a, a, a decent lunch. Thank goodness. But I have seen God show up and show out so many times over and over and over. You know, the book of Malachi chapter three, and I'm just going to mention, I didn't mention this last time, but the book of Malachi chapter three says, if you'll try me, you'll try me. They said, you've robbed me. Well, how? Here's the thing, we didn't, we didn't used to tithe. We started tithing. Telling you it makes all the difference in the world. You say, call it what you want, but that's the only place in the word of God that I can find where God said, try me, prove me, test me. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings that you can't even contain. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'll keep Satan from your checkbook, basically is what he's saying. I want to mention one more stone that I have stacked up. And this is just one more. I could, I could fill the whole stage full, but this church, man, getting to meet you guys, getting to be a part of a family that we're a part of has just been amazing to me. And it's... The way this thing came about is just, a, it really is a miracle. I gotta be honest with you. The way, the way this building came about is a miracle. Some of you may know this, some of you may not, but I wanna share just a little of it with you. And, Cause look, you're supposed to share it to your kids and your grandkids, but this building, man, it, it, was, it was empty for like six or seven years. And we were meeting at a lodge, and we had to have somewhere to launch. We had nowhere. We had to have somewhere to launch. And we were coming down to the, we were going to launch in October, and we had nowhere to go. And we come over here. Anthony brought us over here. Look, we're a church plant, okay? We're broke. Church plants don't start off with a bunch of money, man. We're broke. We came over here, walked through this building. Debbie Beasley was with us. A bunch of us, Danny Nim was with us, Danny Liz. Walked through this building. Anthony brought us over here. I mean, it, we were thinking, crazy. He's crazy for bringing us over here. We can't even afford, I mean, seriously. We walked through the building, stood right back here in a circle and prayed over this place. Dana and I, Danny and Liz went to lunch. We're looking at each other going, man, we can't even pay the electric bill in this place. We can't even pay the water bill in this place. Unless God shows up and shows out and intervenes, this ain't gonna happen. 
Two weeks later, a friend of ours calls us and says, listen, would you guys, send us a picture of this place. Would you guys be interested in worshiping here? And he says, listen, you don't understand. We don't have enough money to pay the water bill or the electric bill. It don't matter. Come on. We're going to pay all the bills. You guys just come on and worship. That's how this happened. A church plant. Brother Earl, just another stone we stacked up. Just another stone we stacked up. We've got stones stacked up everywhere of God's goodness and his mercy and his miracles that he's performed in our life over and over and over again. You say, Eric, you know what? I don't really even have a, I don't have any miracles. God's really not done a, How many of you believe that, that the birth of a, of a child is a miracle? How many of you were born? You have a miracle. Start there and just work your way forward. We've seen the reasons for hard hearts. Right quick, I want us to look at the results of hard hearts. Number one, they, the disciples here, they, it says they toiled and rowing. They were in the, the storm there. They, they toiled and rowing. They were straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Obviously, they lost their peace. So having a hard heart and not considering what God has done for you will make you lose your peace. And I, I want you to see this quote. Uh, it's from a, a gentleman named Brian G. Jett. But let, put that quote up there. I want him to see this quote. If we only desire a small piece of God in our lives, we can only expect a small piece of God in our lives. Boy, is that true or what? If you won't, only want just a little bit of God, just a little bit of peace, just a piece of God, just a little bit, then you're only going to have a little bit of peace of God. That's just all there is to it. Not only did they lose their peace, but they also lost their faith. They had just seen Jesus do all these things, yet they obviously didn't believe that God could calm the storm. Some of you here this morning are dealing with storms in your life. Some of you got things going on in your life Adrian Rogers would say, a faith that hasn't been tested cannot be trusted. Not only did they lose their peace and they lost their faith, but they also even lost their ability to recognize even who Jesus was. It says they, he was walking by them here and, they, and they, they thought it had been a ghost. They didn't even know who it was. It scared them. Well, we've seen the reasons. We've seen the results. The last thing is the remedy. Now, I want you to listen to this. James 4 says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. I want to read a, 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 just a little something here from Max Licato, who's a struggling author. Uh, Probably never heard of him, but he has some really good books. Might want to go out and get one because anything you buy of his is amazing. Max Licato. And he didn't actually tell me to say that or anything, but he wrote about this gentleman right here. And I just want to share this right quick, if I can pronounce his word. Li Fuyan. It was a Chinese man that tried every treatment imaginable to ease his throbbing headaches. Nothing helped. 
he finally went and got an x-ray. And when he got this x-ray, a rusty, they found a, a rusty four-inch knife blade had been lodged in his skull for four years. Listen, in an attack by a robber, Fuyan had suffered lacerations on the right side of his jaw, and he didn't even know that the blade had broken off inside his head. No wonder he suffered from a stabbing pain. That was not my bad joke. That was, in, it's actually in here, yeah. It's a bad joke that he wrote. But we can't, he goes on to say, we can't live with foreign objects in our bodies. Now, so this guy, somebody tried to break into his house, stabs him with this, with this knife, breaks off in his head, so he keeps having these headaches over and over and over. And so finally he goes and gets an x-ray and sees that it's still a blade in his head, in his skull. And then Max Licato goes on to say this. Fu Yan looked good on the outside, nothing wrong with him on the outside, just the headaches. They had to x-ray the inside to see what was going on. Max Licato says this, what if we x-rayed your insides? What if we took an x-ray of what was going on in your, in your heart? I wonder what we'd find. Let me ask you this, would we find maybe some pain? If we, if we x-rayed you this morning, would we find, maybe find some anger? Maybe find some unforgiveness? Maybe find some turmoil that you're going through. Maybe some hurting. Maybe some lack of concern for others. Maybe lack of commitment. Maybe a lack of consideration for, of the miracles that God has performed over and over and over in your life. Maybe a lack of just being thankful to God for your next breath. What would we find this morning if we x-rayed your insides? I mean, would we find maybe a hard heart? Listen, you can come in here this morning and you can worship. You walk in, you look great. You can even hold your hand up. You can worship and still have a hard heart. I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.